Hey, welcome to episode number 122 of this podcast, More Than Bread. Now, let me just say before we go any farther, hopefully you didn't just join the podcast at number 122. If so, press pause and go back to at least number 105. And then after number 105, do the Psalms intro. And if you skipped episode number 121, for some reason, at a minimum, go back and do number 121 and then come back here because I felt like I needed to give Psalm 37 one more shot. This is now the second Psalm that's getting more than one episode. Psalm 23 was the other one. So let's just dive in and let me read it again. Psalm number 37. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. In other words, these are my words. In other words, everybody's going to see it. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed their ways in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. They will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wrath, than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken. It will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they'll enjoy plenty, but the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord holds him up with his hand. I I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They're, They're always generous. They lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish, but the righteous will inherit the land and live in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. The law of their God is in their lip, in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, intent on putting them to death. But the Lord will not leave them in the power of the wicked or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I've seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. 
Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Now, some of you are thinking, I bet we're going to spend more time on Psalm 37.4. I told you that's one of my all-time favorite verses. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your hope, of your heart. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's a great verse, but we're headed somewhere else in this episode. But before I reveal where this episode is taking us, let me just say a word about Psalm 37.4. Well, two words. The first is this. I think one of our greatest problems is that we don't trust his delight. Let me say that again. We don't trust his delight. I mean, let me just give you an example. Take, for example, the Sabbath. Probably the most common description in our culture of Sabbath is a day off, sometimes a day of rest. We, we come to the end of the week. We've been so busy. So now we're so drained. So we crash. But you know what? God was never in a hurry during creation. When he was done, he wasn't tired. When it says he rested from his work, it doesn't mean he took a nap. It simply means he stopped. And the reason he stopped working was because he wanted to enjoy what he had done. The world was created because God found great joy in doing it. I mean, don't read the creation story without hearing God's mountain-shaking laughter and joy every day as he looked at creation and said, oh man, that is so good. I am so good. See, God made the Sabbath a rule because he loves delight. He loves to have fun. Sabbath is God saying, hey, what I've made for you is so cool. I'm going to insist that you enjoy it. Basically, God said, once a week, I'm going to carve a day out for you. I'm going to remove it from the curse of work, call it holy so Satan can't mess with it, and I'm going to fill it with blessings, primarily the blessing of me. And listen to me, I'm good. I'm so good. You won't regret this day. It'll be like the old days back in the garden. It's going to be a day where I can remind you that I love you, and I actually want to spend time with you because you are my delight, and I want you to delight in me. But I'll say it again. Our problem is we just don't trust his delight. And the second thing that occurs to me from that verse is this. The more we delight in God, the more we can trust our hearts. Now, I know on the caution side of verses like the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, you can't trust your emotions. You can't trust your heart. But David tells us here that when we delight in God, He gives us the desires of our heart. The more we delight in God, the more we can trust our hearts. Now, here's where we're landing and leaning in this episode. It's that theme of inheriting the land. I I barely mentioned it last time, but it comes up in so many places in this psalm. Like verse 9, those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Or verse 11, the meek will inherit the land. Sound familiar? You see it again in verse 22, those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. Almost the same in verse 27, turn from evil and do good, then you'll dwell in the land forever. Verse 29, the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Verse 34, hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. (laughs) In the last episode, just briefly, I mentioned this idea of a theology of place. It's actually a theology of place that's kept me in central PA for almost 30 years. In our country, in our culture, we don't have a very good theology of place. We're we're too quick to call our nation a sacred place and too quick 
to not see the importance of the place to which he has called you locally, the land, the community, the neighborhood, your region, your city. I, I believe that God has a redemptive purpose for every place where he has allowed people to live. It's a land given to them by God. So how do we live into the land, the place where God has placed us? How do we inherit or receive the land that God has already given to us? We hope in the Lord, it says, we pursue righteousness. But here's the statement that stuck in my heart and brought me back to Psalm 37 for this episode. It's verse 11. The meek will inherit the land. It's almost like David read the Beatitudes in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, or I guess the other way around. Jesus was steeped in the Psalms, and this statement made it into Jesus' top principles for blessing. Matthew 5.5, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5.5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, let's be honest. In our culture today, meek is not a character trait we seek, right? I mean, what comes to, to mind when you paint a picture of meek? Blessed are the meek. Well, meek is weak, right? I mean, blessed are the weak, for they shall become the doormats of life, and everyone will walk walk all over them. In fact, Webster defines meek as too, T-O-O, too submissive. Submissive too much. <laughs> blessed are the spineless, for they never stick up for their rights. Blessed are those who never take a stand. Webster calls them spiritless and deficient in courage. You know, Coach Franklin and the Penn State football team have been doing an amazing job of recruiting this year. Do you suppose one of the top qualities they've been seeking in those multi-star football players is meekness? <laughs> if you're in charge of hiring at your company, do you seek meek? If you call a reference in the end with, well, the, if there's one quality I would say characterizes Joe or Jane, it's their meekness. Does Joe get hired? See, we, we want tough. Meek is weak. It's mousy. It doesn't stand strong. I'd go fishing with meek. I'd like that. Pick flowers with meek. Maybe marry meek. Go for nice, quiet walks with meek. You hope the IRS person doing your audit is meek, but we don't seek meek. I'm not looking for meek when I come to Jesus. I'm not looking for it in him, and I'm not looking, at, looking for it for me. So what does this mean? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, Jesus used the word prouse. It means mild, tender, or gentle. And in fact, it was used to describe soothing medicine or gentle breeze. Man, some of these days lately are so hot. I remember a vacation in Cancun. It was Lennon, my 30th anniversary. So stinking hot. And then this cool breeze would come off the ocean. And a couple of times when that happened, I looked around at the people working. They'd stop and they'll hold their hands up in the air and, and just let the gentle breeze refresh them. Meek is like a gentle breeze in soothing medicine. Now that's a new picture. And you know what? There are times when meek is what I seek when I come looking for my king. When I come to Jesus mourning over my sin, disappointed, frustrated, and hurt, he gives me gentle breeze. He gives me soothing medicine. Jesus, Jesus, meek and mild. You know, meek isn't so bad when we're hurt and failing, is it? Do you know people whom you've come away from feeling like you've been you've been renewed by a gentle breeze or healed by soothing medicine? I mean, even even when in confrontation, we, we can be meek even in confrontation. It, and if you know people like this, man, you need to thank God for them and get to know them because they are kingdom people. They're they're inheriting the land. 
A kingdom church is meek. It's it's soothing medicine. Do do we bring soothing medicine and gentle breezes to those who are struggling, or do we bring amputations and tropical storms? Unfortunately, the church today has a reputation for being a place that makes the bad feel guilty and the guilty feel worse. And to be honest, sometimes that reputation is deserved, but whether it's deserved or not, the solution is to is to bring soothing medicine and gentle breezes to those who are broken and mourning. We, we want to be a safe place for people to heal and grow. And, and yet, frankly, there are still times when power is what we need, right? What about power? Meek is still kind of weak, isn't it? I mean, in Jesus' day, the word was also used to describe a wild animal that had been tamed. All sorts of power, all sorts of energy, but of no use. In fact, it's dangerous. But but when the horse is broken, it becomes useful. And when it, when it's broken, the Greek word used of it was praus. See, meek is power under control. Meek is the wild stallion moving at the master's bid. Meek is the lion laying down by the lamb. Meek is Jesus, the lion of Judah, creator of the world, hanging on a cross. He could have called 10,000 angels, the hymn says, but he didn't. Meek is not weak. Meek is power under control. Jesus is reaching back to Psalm 37 as he describes the blessed life of the meek. In verse 7 through 11, the, the psalmist writes, Be still before the Lord and wait patient for, patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the, the one who carries out evil devices. Refrain from eager anger and, and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he won't be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. You know, Hebrew poetry, we'll see this over and over again. It made great use of what's called parallelism. In other words, they would use different pictures to deepen the meanings of words. So here the psalmist says, those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land, and those who are meek will inherit the land. In other words, those who are meek are those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord are those who are meek. Meek waits on God. And as we read the psalm, we see that those who wait on God trust God. They they live life with a deep conviction that God is for us. Trusting God leads those who are meek to commit their way to God. The the Hebrew word for commit means literally to roll. In, In other words, meek people trust God, so they let everything roll onto God. They let their business roll on to God. They let their family roll on to God. They let their fears and frustrations, their relationships, their hopes and dreams all roll on to God. They admit they can't fix it or cope with it or change the role, but they trust God with all, all their way. And then having let everything roll on to God, they wait for him. It says in verse 7 that meek people are still before God and they wait for him so convinced that one of the great enemies of the shaping of our souls, of the development of spiritual life, is our lack of stillness, our inability to wait on God. It's our our busyness, our frenetic pace, our technologically omnipresent connectedness. It's our anxious striving, our fretting. But stillness, waiting is a state of the heart, a shape of our soul. It's It's not so much the stopping of life or even just being quiet. It's more a new way of looking at life that leads to a new way of living. This is meekness. Be still. Remember, God's not saying be quiet and wait for me. The Hebrew word 
be still means simply means cease striving, surrender. The literal literal translation is let your hands grow slack, let your hands fall. It's a metaphor for trust. When God says, be still, he's asking, will you trust me? Will you stop clenching your hands to hang on to stuff that doesn't even matter? When we let our arms fall and let our hands grow slack, we're saying to God, God, I trust you. I I know it's not about what you want to take from me, but what you want to give to me. When we let our arms fall and open up our hands, we're saying, God, I want to receive all that you have to give. This is meekness. Strength surrendered and strength received. Our strength surrendered. His strength received. Strength under control. Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not because of their strength, but because they have traded all their strength for Jesus. Listen again to a few of David's words in Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will bring it to pass. He will bring forth your righteousness like the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. When you fret, it doubles the evil. <laughs> The evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, just a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Let me pray for you. Father God, (laughs) it's a little bit hard for me to pray, God, would you make me meek? It's not a a word that we strive for today, but God, I pray it anyway. I pray for me and for every person listening. God, would you help us to be meek? Would you help us to be a gentle breeze and soothing medicine? Would you help us to be strength under control? Would you help us to be a people who are still before you, who have ceased our striving and let our hands grow slack? Would you help us to be meek? God, we thank you that you care about the land. We, we thank you that, that you're willing, you're waiting sometimes to give us a, an element of authority and, and presence on the land, on, on the, the literal land that we live in. But God, we, we wait to inherit the land and, and sometimes we don't inherit the land because we're not, we're not meek. We're not meek. We don't wait on you. But God, would you help us to be meek? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God, would you help us to be meek? God, would you take the pride out of our hearts? Would you take the self-centeredness out of our lives? And would you help us to be meek, like Jesus was meek? We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, for your glory and for our good. We lift these requests to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.